Good morning, class. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. And we welcome you to come right on into the class. We've saved you a seat right up here in front. Faith School is the place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. Uh, you know, when you're born again, you're not born a, an adult fully developed. The Bible said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, uh, that you may grow thereby. And so uh, faith must be fed, our spirit must be fed and developed. You can be, have been saved and going to church for 40 years and still be a spiritual infant. And that's not God's plan and will. And of course, if you haven't developed, you're weak spiritually and inside. And when you're weak in spirit and weak in faith, everything seems so hard. Everything seems so big. And it's not because it's so big, it's because faith is so small. And when your faith gets bigger, the problem looks smaller because your faith is in God. And when our view of Him improves, that we see how big He is and how great He is, the other things begin to shrink and pale by comparison. So let's uh, release our faith. Let's pray today. Believe God for utterance and, and ears to hear exactly what the Lord knows we need to hear today. Father, in Jesus' name, we all of us agree together here and the whole class watching all over the world, even at different times. We ask you for the anointing. We ask you for the utterance and working of your Holy Spirit. We ask you for answers and help and direction. Uh, that which would feed our spirit and bolster us and lift us up to another place in you. We ask it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen. If you would turn in your textbook, the great Bible, the Word of God, to Hebrews, the 10th chapter today. Now, if you have not been with us prior to this, we've covered a lot of ground uh, getting to this point. And uh, we're on uh, a series we're calling now, By Faith a study of the great 11th chapter of Hebrews of the Hall of Fame of Faith. But uh, you can go back on the website and uh, watch the different uh, lessons leading up to this. won't cost you anything. And we have a saying around the ministry here, uh, no charge means no excuse <laughs> for not getting it, not having it. It's a matter of taking the time. And uh, we've been looking at the 10th chapter and the 38th verse beginning here where he says, Now the just shall live by faith. You know that living by faith uh, it means you're not dying. <laughs> you're not perishing. And he mentions that a little bit later on. But faith is the way to live and really live a life worth living. The just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. We see a few verses later in chapter 11, and this wasn't written in chapter and verse, it all flows together, that faith pleases God. We see that idea repeatedly. And here we see, if you're not living by faith, 
But the opposite of living by faith is laying down, laying back, quitting, giving up, not trying. God's not pleased with that. You know, um, the Lord knows what we're capable of. (laughs) You, You might kid yourself about what you're capable of. You might convince people around you that you're not capable of as much. But with God... He knows. He sees right through everything. He knows if you're not doing half of what you're capable of. And he's calling on you to do it all. Everything that you're capable of. And uh, inside, we're not going to be content and happy with anything else either. If he's not pleased with with us, we're not going to be pleased with us. And so... uh, He said he wouldn't have pleasure if we draw back. Verse 39 says, but we are not of them that draw back. Let's say that out loud. We are not of them that draw back. Now, again, draw back has to do with not moving forward, not reaching out, not laying hold, not possessing the land. Uh, It it takes... uh, Effort. It takes some enthusiasm. It takes some confidence. Uh, you know, anybody can sit down, lay down, cry, feel sorry for themselves, say I can't. I mean, what does it take to do that? Nothing. But uh, the and that does. That's what he said. That's drawing back. That doesn't please the Lord. He's looking at us like, no, <laughs> stop that. Come on. And a lot of times people are praying this prayer. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. Help you what? Help is assistance. And you got to give him something to help. Right? Help you lay on the couch and feel sorry for yourself. Help you cry and use up boxes of Kleenexes. You don't need help doing that. You got to give him something to work with. Even when it looks like it's too big, it's too hard, and you'll feel at times. You know, the enemy tries to overwhelm you. He practices what I call the pile up technique. You know, maybe you got this thing that's not quite right, and you got this thing that's really not right. And, but you know, you're thinking, okay, I can deal with this. Now, but then the enemy will try to say, yeah, but how about this and this and this and this and this and this? And he wants you to go, oh, no, oh, it's too much. It's too much. He's going, that's right, it's too much. You might as well just draw back, <laughs> lay down, and quit. And if you do, of course, if you quit, you know already what you're going to get, right? If you quit, if you give up, you're done, defeated. No results, no victory. But if we just give God something, even if it's small, to work with, even if you just prop up halfway off the couch (laughs) and you say, I believe God could do something. (laughs) If, If you just start, anybody know what I'm talking about? Some kind of faith statement and perspective And the more you begin to say this, the Bible said that Jesus is the apostle and high priest of what we say, our confession, what's coming out of our mouth. And if you begin to say, this is not too big for God. This is not too hard for my father. 
Uh, he's brought me through other things. He'll bring me through this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Now you're giving him something to work with. Right? You're giving him something to bless. You're giving him something to help. Something to help. And so say it again. We are not of those who draw back. Who lay down. Who give up. Who quit. Remember uh, First John said, uh, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So uh, the spirit of faith is the spirit of the overcomer. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. It's no uh, coincidence that so many of our stories in the Old Testament are stories of battle and overcoming and victories. And some of our greatest faith inspirational stories are stories like we got depicted here on the, on the Faith School uh, logo, David and Goliath, right? That's uh, the reason I, I wanted that on there is because to me, just in one little picture, you see what we're talking about, right? The giant was so big. <laughs> David looked so small. And yet, nothing is too hard for the Lord, Right? Hallelujah. But you, you'll find in that passage uh, about David and Goliath, sometimes go through there and notice what I'm saying. Underline everywhere it says, David said. David said. David said. David said. He was making faith affirmations, not because he had been to faith school, not because, right? Not because there was no faith church to go to or anything like that. This was because of his relationship with God. He had confidence and he began to say, God delivered me out of the paw of the lion and the bear and he'll, he'll do this too. <laughs> he said, you come to me with a big sword and a shield. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. <laughs> right? yes, yes. Said, said, we have to say things. We need, what are you saying about your situation right now? What are you saying? You need to sometimes kind of sneak up on yourself <laughs> and listen to what you're saying. <laughs> and if you'll be objective, there'll be times you'll pop yourself and go, hush, what, what did you say? You can't say that. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> I know uh, I had the privilege of uh, helping Brother Kenneth Hagin in his ministry, Phyllis and I did, for uh, 20 years. And... Uh, Back in, uh, not too many years after we were with him, he began to say uh, different times, he'd say, someone's going to give into the ministry a million dollar offering. You know, one time, million dollar all at once, a million dollar offering. Well, he didn't say it every day, but, you know, months would go by and he'd say it again. Somebody is going to give into the ministry a one million dollar offering. This went on for years. Well, we were in the meeting, at, uh, it was camp meeting one year in the summertime, and uh, sure enough, somebody came in, and as, as he said, brought two $500,000 checks, and he said we received both of them. <laughs> well, not too long after that, he began to say, someone's going to give into the ministry $2 million. 
<laughs> and uh, I know sometimes folks don't understand that and they say, well, you know, uh, he just after money. No, uh, he had this, you know, 70 something acre uh, campus and Bible school and it takes money to run all this. And this wasn't going in his pocket at all. And he's believing for the finances to run this. And so he began to say somebody is going to give into the ministry $2 million offering at one time. Well, years passed. Everybody say years. years. You know, years are passing anyway. Amen. You might as well be saying something, right? right. <laughs> Instead of nothing. And so uh, one day, I, it was uh, school day, and, and, and I'm working there at the school myself too, and I came to monitor his class. And uh, they announced that they had just received at the office that day uh, an offering uh, for $2 million. One uh, came in all at once, $2 million offering. Oh, we rejoiced. We, we praised God. That's going to do so much good. That's going to help so much throughout the whole school and the ministry. And uh, after the class, I'm coming back outside to my car in the parking lot. And I'm thanking God, I'm thanking God, and thinking about how he has, I heard him say that on that one million. I heard him say that on that two million. And I thought, yeah, man, he's wondering what he's going to say next. And the Spirit of God said to me, what are you saying? What are you saying? I stopped right in my tracks. I thought, yeah, what am I saying? See, I, I was just thinking, you know, well, Brother Hagin's got faith. He's got a lot of faith. He's saying these great things and they're coming to pass. Isn't it amazing? The Spirit of God said, what are you saying? And uh, I realized he, he wants an answer. You know, it's, this is not just rhetorical. He's, he's saying, what are you saying? And I stopped and I thought, I, I haven't been saying. Because we were doing things in the ministry already ourselves too. And we needed finances for it. And I wasn't saying that we're believing for this. Well, praise God, I begin to. I begin to say, we're going to have 25 partners. And we're going to have 50 partners. Then we're going to have, you know, when you get close to the 20, don't wait till you get to the 25. When you get closer to the 25, bump it up. Is that right? You know, and, and it has come to pass where it was 25 partners, then it was 50, then it was 100, then 1,000, and now thousands. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But I want to ask you, class, what are you saying, right? What are you speaking over, not just over your finances, but what are you speaking over your body? What are you speaking over your mind? What are you speaking over your marriage? What are you speaking over your children? I mean, the times when your children and grandchildren most need you to speak faith over them is when they're not doing well. Y'all with me, friends? It's, and that's so many times when people talk the worst. Parents and grandparents, I don't know what I'm going to do with this kid. They've just gone crazy, acting wild, doing all this stupid stuff. They're going to mess up their life. They don't need you saying this. Are y'all with me, class? Even if they're not in faith and people around them are not in faith, somebody around here needs to be in faith. Guess who that is? Somebody say, that's me, that's me. I, I'm the one who needs to be in faith. And it takes faith when you're looking at somebody that's just a mess to begin to speak over them and say, they will get this right. The Lord will help them. He's ordering their steps, right? He's directing their paths. They'll get this. They'll get this fixed. They'll get this right. 
They'll get on track. They're going to find the plan of God and pursue the will of God. Now, you can't make people's decisions for them. You can't, um, you know, push off your faith on them. But you can believe uh, and, and provide for God to move in situations where he moves them in a position. And if they don't want it, well, it'll be their choice. But you don't give up. You believe him again, he'll move them into position again. And as long as there's breath, there's hope. And you don't just say anything just right off the top of your head, but just check your heart what you have confidence you can say over them. And the Spirit of God will quicken to you things you can say over them. So uh, I believe the Spirit of God is saying today, what are you saying? (laughs) What are you saying? And you'll find in this uh, great uh, 11th chapter of Hebrews that that comes up repeatedly about what they said. In fact, uh, while, while we're talking about it, just go back to 2 Corinthians. If you want to turn back and look, the fourth chapter, 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and we were, we were talking about how that the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory and the spirit of the overcomer. He has made us, the Bible said, more than conquerors. He has made us overcomers. And you'll see this spirit of faith being the spirit of victory described right here in this passage as well. He said in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, he says, we are troubled on every side. Now, uh, if that had been some folks from our camp, uh, hear, hearing somebody talk, that wrote back to Paul and said, uh, you don't need to be saying that. <laughs> you know, it's your trouble. Well, no, faith doesn't deny what is. It just uses its, its faith and words to change it. He, here, here's the, the faith part of this. We're troubled on every side. That's a fact. Where's the faith part? Yet, not distressed. Can you have trouble all around you and yet not be upset, not be distressed? That sounds impossible, but by faith it is possible. We are perplexed. That's when you don't know what's going on. But do you have to be depressed because you don't know what's going on? No, you don't have to be. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. How many believe the Lord will never leave you? Or forsake you. Cast down, but not destroyed. This is the spirit of faith. One translation says, knocked down, but not knocked out. (laughs) Right? And then you see in verse uh, 13, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. I believe, therefore I speak. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is how you were born again. Isn't it? It's how you were born again. In fact, just turn there. I know a lot of you might know it, but Romans, the 10th chapter. This is how anyone, everyone is born again. Romans 10, 
and 8. Romans 10, 8 says, What says it? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Do you know Paul was a word of faith preacher? <laughs> Verse 9, that if you shall confess with your mouth. Everybody say, with your mouth. With your mouth. See, this is very specific now. The Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. You don't believe with your head or your intellect. You believe with your heart. And this is not talking about your physical blood pump. You can't believe God with your blood pump anymore. You can believe God with your lungs or your kidneys. Heart refers to the core of your being, the heart of an oak tree, the heart of a watermelon. The heart of a human being is their spirit and their soul, the inner man. And that's, that's the part we believe with. He said, uh, with the heart man believes under righteousness and with the mouth. Say it again, with the mouth. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Most of the church is failing in this area. They have not understood the significance of not only believing in the heart, but saying with the mouth. This is how you get born again. But you don't just get saved from hell or are saved into the family of God, saved for heaven by faith. The justified ones are then to what? Live by faith. Walk by faith. That describes daily life, daily function and operation. What does that mean? The same way you and I were born again. How did it happen? We believed in our heart. We said it with our mouth. The same way that happened is the way everything from God is supposed to happen in our life. Day in, day out. We believe it in our heart. We say it with our mouth. <laughs> we believe it in our heart. We say it with our mouth. Like the Spirit of God asked me, what are you saying? <laughs> and especially any situation, any area where things are not like they should be, you need to ask yourself, what am I saying about that? In any area where you've been experiencing repeated lack, you need to ask yourself, okay, now what am I saying about that? What am I saying? I believe the Spirit of God is saying what are you saying about that situation? And it's not just a matter of just parroting what you heard somebody else, but if you'll believe it, did you hear that part? You believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth. What if I'm not quite convinced of it, Brother Keith? Well, it's a decision, but it'll help you to hear more about it, right? <laughs> just keep hearing it, <laughs> decide to believe it, and then keep feeding your faith until uh, you are fully persuaded. Uh, I, I know sometimes I say it like this, you know, if it comes to a car or a truck that you drive on the road, uh, you could tell if it was full of gas, uh, even if you didn't have a, uh, a fuel gauge, couldn't you? 
I mean, if you thought, well, I've had years ago, I've had cars, fuel gauge didn't work, you couldn't tell. So what do you do? Well, you don't want to run too long without putting some in because you don't know. But how could I, t- how could I know them? I got to make a pretty good trip today. I need a full tank. It's not that hard. You pull up to the gas station. You put the nozzle in there, right? You put it in the mouth of the inlet. You hear that word mouth? And then you, you just pump. And pump and pump. You think, well, I wonder if it's full. If you stop and go, I wonder, wonder, wonder. Wonder if it's full. I can't see wonder. You don't have to wonder. Just keep pumping. Is that right? Just keep pumping. And, and, and no, no need stopping 50 times and wondering, trying to guess. Just keep pumping. How will you know? It's full. When it starts kicking back out of the mouth, <laughs> then you know I got a full tank. Is that right? How, how do I get fully persuaded, Brother Keith? You stick the, the Word of God in your ear, come on, and you just pump it, and you pump it. How will you know when I get full? It'll start kicking back out of your mouth. You'll start talking it even when you don't intend to, because out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said, the mouth speaks. Whatever you're full of, It'll come out, especially if if you're pressed on a little bit. (laughs) I mean, if a sponge is full, you press on it, whatever it's full of is going to come out. Well, out of the abundance, fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why some people, when they're pressed a little bit, a bunch of cussing comes out. (laughs) That ain't good, right? (laughs) I preached a message some years ago. The title was, What Are You Full Of? (laughs) As you might imagine, you could go a bunch of directions with that. What are you full of? Well, people are full of all kind of things, you know. And and not to say you can't, uh, you know, have an interest and and, and want to read or hear or watch, but there's a lot of stuff you don't need to be full of. You don't need to have in you, and you got to watch about even things that people watch and listen to on a regular basis. Many of them in the world are designed to put fear in you or to put doubt, to get you to question or to get you to fear, and you need to monitor that. Anytime you're seeing or hearing something and you can tell, it's robbing you of your peace. It's robbing you of your joy. What should you do? Get that nozzle out. Is that right? Get that out. You're putting the wrong thing in there, right? Uh, I mean, like uh, on a gasoline car, you don't want to put diesel in there, right? It won't run on that. Well, there's a lot of things you won't run on. It'll rob you. But there is that which you can hear, and that's one of the reasons we have faith school, that if you hear it, it'll build you, it'll edify you, it'll strengthen you, it'll stir you up. One of the things I I like to talk about, look at sometimes, is what I call the after test. After you've watched it, after you've heard it, after you've talked about it for an hour, how how do you feel inside? You feel better? Or worse, (laughs) you feel stronger or weaker? You feel closer to God or further from God? You feel more like an overcomer or more like a defeated one, right? Well, that ought to tell you whether to listen to more of it or not, right? (laughs) Praise God. Well, that's it for our class today. Our time is already up. Let's make our confession like we often do. Say, I live by faith. 
I walk by faith. I overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you next time in Faith School.